You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Let me first assure you that I am not cool enough to use the term dis in any conversation, but today I want to talk about how you dis your marriage, and I want to talk about three different ways we dis our marriage and three traps of these married lives. Uh, so the first one I want you to think about is uh, one that I think I see every day with couples, and I see it in my own life, and that is distraction. We allow things to distract us from what's important. Here we are. We've created this relationship with this one person who we've said, we are teaming with you, joining our lives together. I am on your side. You're on my side. I'm on your team. You're on my team for life. And then we allow all the distractions to push that aside. Distractions are not necessarily bad things. There are lots of opportunities that call at us all the time wanting our attention. The distractions are the things that turn our heads away, and sometimes good, sometimes bad, that keep us from focusing on what's really important, not just in married life, but in life in general. And I think a lot of times our life is based in distraction. We're surrounded by a distracted society. We watch TV and there's so many opportunities and distractions. And I was talking with someone the other day and I said, you know, when I was a child, there were like three or four decent stations and uh, that was all we watched on TV. And now there are hundreds of stations and streaming options and so many ways that we can get lost in media. And it can happen instantly. You don't even have to be watching the same TV it's one of the changes that my wife and I have talked about, you know, growing up where there was that, that TV where everybody was watching that show. And how important, if you, if you were like kind of my childhood, Thursday nights were the big day where, where everybody would join together and watch the same show. Now you don't even need a TV. You can watch something streaming on the computer or on your phone or on a tablet and never even interact with other people. I was watching a family on vacation, and everybody had their own device, and they were all watching TV on the device, but I don't think any of them were watching the same thing, so there was a a distraction from the common experience. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that we live in a distracted world, not just with media, but distractions that come our way in so many different ways, hobbies, opportunities, potential uh, activities that call our name, friends that are calling our name. And this is really all about priorities. We get distracted when we haven't clarified and don't follow our priorities. As I've talked to people, I've been pretty clear that they name their marriage as a top priority in their life, but their, their life doesn't show that. They tell me that their relationship, that marriage is an important relationship for them, the most important relationship, and then they spend hours away with friends where they might spend some of that time with a spouse, or they choose activities that take them away, or they allow the children's activities to take them away. And all of a sudden, there is no time for the primary relationship because the priorities didn't set the time. Opportunities set the time. Opportunities set the schedule. We live in a connected society. There's no getting beyond that. 
I'm waiting to see how the next generation figures that out because they will have grown up in an entirely connected society from birth on where everything is instantly available and everything is always on. We're constantly bombarded. If you've been on vacation like I have and you've pulled up your work email or taken a work call, you know that that connectivity distracts us from other activities. Some people have told me that they are answering emails when it's a birthday party or a Christmas morning or you know, some other holiday or they're on vacation across the world and they can't ever get away from the connectivity of their world. That distracts us every moment of the day from important relationships. If you're trying to spend time with your child and you're on the playground and the phone rings and you take it because it's a business call, you've distracted away from that relationship and told that child, this is more important than you. If you do the same with a spouse, you're saying the exact same thing. And many times I've watched as couples are sitting together, ready to eat a meal out somewhere, but only looking at their devices. They are completely distracted from the relationship that could be there. Distraction is one of the ways we dis a marriage. A second way is disinterest. If we don't nurture the connection between us, sometimes we're looking for the bigger, the better, the more beautiful. And we buy into the lie of excitement. The lie of excitement is the belief that your relationship should always be of high excitement and, and interest to you. And that if, if it's not there... You know, if you get to the place where you're comfortable with each other, something's wrong with the relationship. I had some people tell me last week about how uh, they knew their marriage wasn't right because they were, you know, they were friends and, and that spark wasn't there. And I said, how long have you been married? And they said, well, 20 years. And I said, friends is a great basis for a relationship. But maybe if you spent some time being interested in each other, interested in what you're thinking and feeling and believing, the passion might come back to that friendship, the problem is you become disinterested and now you're companions. You're disinterested and now you're just together. But that doesn't have to be the case. You can look for the interest. I'm always amazed by how my wife processes the world and how she has these strengths that I don't have at all. And hopefully that I have some strengths that she doesn't have and we can play off each other and, and play to our strengths. And it keeps me interested in how she's viewing the world. And I'm always wondering what our next move is going to be. And one of the ways couples can come back to this interest is by talking about what's truly important to them. Sometimes the disinterest comes because we talk about just the everyday. We're disinterested because we already have get, gotten stuck in the daily grind of life. You know, so we're talking about the mundane. I listened as a couple was at a table behind me the other day at a meal, and they were talking to each other all about their kids, not in a way that was of interest, but it was just talking about the kids and the kids' activities and the schedule, and, and that was a great place of connection. My concern is that that's the only connection they have, that part of what's happening is they've become disinterested in each other, and they're only seeing each other in the roles they're playing. They're disinterested in the true nature of each other 
because they're caught up in the roles they play in the household of mother and father, of breadwinner and caretaker, and all of the other places those roles can fit into our society. And the disinterest is missing the fact that there's a human there (laughs) that has depth and has interesting thoughts and ideas and interesting desires and beliefs and things that they want to do and accomplish in life. And that can be a very interesting place to be. The problem is that we keep waiting for the excitement to come. And in the process, we diss our marriage by not nurturing the interest, by being disinterested, which leads to our other way we diss our marriage. And that is something I've talked about many times, disconnection. We don't mean to disconnect. It just happens. One way that that happens for many couples is what I call the the pause button marriage. You know, the kids come along and you hit pause on the relationship, thinking that down the road you can come back to it and take it off pause and and return to the, the couplehood. A lot of times the couplehood gets lost. Disconnection is what happens when we don't nurture the connection. The connection is the lifeblood of the relationship. As long as the connection is flowing, there's nurturance to the relationship. And so marriages are never just static. In fact, no relationship is static. If you don't nurture a relationship, it declines. That's the only two possibilities. It's either growing because you're nurturing it, or it's declining because it's been disconnected and it's been distracted and disinterested along the way. And so that pause button never works. When you come back to it, you're looking at each other like you're strangers. Not only are you strangers, but you've probably lost the roles that you understood. Disconnection comes from a lack of nurture and often from a lack of initiative. The inertia of the pause leads the couple to each of them to continue to allow it to decline, never taking an initiative to start it up on their own, often thinking, well, if my spouse wanted to do that, my spouse would ask. If my spouse was interested in me, my spouse would ask. If my spouse wanted to tell me, I would be happy to listen. And in both cases, both people are allowing the lack of initiative to take over the relationship, acting as if it's really not so important to them. So a couple of things I think you can do to stop dissing your marriage. There are three that I want to suggest for couples, and then three I want to suggest for individuals. For couples, one is to look at your habits. Understand whether your habits are leading you to further distraction, disinterest, and disconnection. What are the habits we create? Do you habitually or do you build in a habit of being together? I think this is an important one because habits rule our lives, most of our lives, all the time. And so if we create the habits around what we want, it leads us in the right direction. For instance, my parents have a habit on every evening of going for a walk, a several-mile walk. They still do that, and I suspect that they'll continue to do that as long as they're able because in their habit of walking together, they have, have a habit of sharing time together, of talking, of chatting. And so in that habit of walking, they've been able to avoid the distractions around them because it's just the two of them walking down that trail. They become interested in each other by talking about what's important to them, and they stay connected in that habit. Some couples take up a hobby together. It's the habit of exercising together or a habit of focusing on something together, and that can be an important way of doing things. 
Sometimes the habits get in our way, and we have to look at that. I've known couples where they've gotten into the habit, not for any realistic reason of scheduling, of going to bed at different times, of one being, you know, staying up late and the other getting up early, and, and they stay in a habit of avoiding each other, of going to bed and getting up together. And that habit usually breaks down connection and intimacy. Those are habits that we can choose to change. So the first thing for a couple is to examine your habits and choose the habits that you think might push you in a better direction. The second is to be very clear about your priorities as a couple. Are you putting your relationship as the priority? My belief is that in a marriage, in a family, the marital relationship is the primary relationship in the household, not the parenting relationship, the marital relationship. When we make the parenting relationship the primary role, we end up with kids who think that it's all about them. When we put the parents as the priority of the relationship in the household, then the kids realize that that's exactly what they do when they go married. They create an important relationship that's the priority in their household. That doesn't mean we ignore the kids. (laughs) It just means that we make sure that in the priorities, we have some room for the couple, have the room for the relationship. This is how you avoid the pause button marriage. You make sure that you create your priority that form your habits of how you're going to relate to each other. Which brings us to number three, relational care. To take care of the relationship, treat it as something important. To learn each other's love languages, to make time for each other, to listen to each other's desires and hopes and dreams down the road, to listen to the aspirational goals that everybody has. And become interested in learning the depths of a spouse, the depths of each other, to find what's interesting and important and connecting in that relationship. Which brings us to the two individuals in the relationship. Let's say that you're working on this and you realize that you're going to be doing this yourself right now. That there is not a couple connection that's going to allow you to work on the habits and the priorities and the relational care. What can you do? Well, number one, you can set your priorities Now, that doesn't mean that you don't spend time on outside interests, but that you recognize the priority is on marriage first, probably family second, and then you begin to allow that to form how you look at other situations and other opportunities. You judge those on how they impact your your priority. I said this to a couple one time, and the woman said, so you're saying that he shouldn't go play golf for five hours on Saturday? I said, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that you have to understand that in the priority stack. It's possible that by going out and playing five hours of golf and coming back, that you're a different person coming back in the door, that you're bringing some energy back into the door, but you realize your priority, not your time, but your priority is the focus on the marriage and the family. It's not about not doing other things. It's making sure they stack in the priorities in the appropriate order. The second thing is to commit. That's what marriage really is at its foundation. We've committed our lives to this other person. We think about those vows. They are a commitment for life. And while we make that commitment for life, many times we forget that along the way because our feelings change. A commitment is a decision you made to carry you through the times when you no longer feel like you did when you made that commitment, when you made that decision. So the commitment is living into the fact that you make it right as much as you can. 
You move towards the relationship as much as you can so that you create um, a, a stable base for the family and for the relationship. Honor the commitment. Don't look for the spouse to do that. You start with that for yourself. Which brings us to number three, get started. That lack of initiative is easily changed simply by starting something. I've talked about this many times in my program about the small things you can do and some big things you can do. Apology letters to be written, pretty big thing. Sending a one-way text, pretty small thing. Finding some ways of taking some effort. Finding a starting point. Pushing through the inertia. Finding a way to begin the process so that you're no longer dissing your marriage, but you're on the side of your marriage. You're representing your marriage. You're deciding to move towards connection in your relationship. Remember those three distinct ways we diss our marriage in distraction, disinterest, and disconnection. And remember that you, and often you and your spouse, have the power of changing that anytime you want. If you need help with that, you can find some more about that whole process in my Save the Marriage system. You can find that at savethemarriage.com. I hope you'll take advantage of that as we're looking towards the end of the year. This is a great time of digging down and saying, you know what, I'm equipping myself and getting ready for the next chapter as we move forward in this holiday season and into the new year. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. 